This is a special Treaty of 1855 edition of the Warm Springs program on 91.9 FM, KWSO. The tribes of Middle Oregon ceded approximately 10 million acres of land, including territory along the Columbia River, when they signed their treaty with the United States government. Articles of agreement and convention made and concluded at Wasco, near the Dalles of the Columbia River in the Oregon Territory, by Joel Palmer, Superintendent of Indian Affairs on the part of the United States, and the following named chiefs and headmen of the Confederated Tribes and Bands of Indians residing in Middle Oregon, they being duly authorized thereto by their respective bands, to wit, Simtustas, Laxquisa, Shikami, and Kukup, chiefs of the Teich or Upper Deschutes Band of Walla Wallas. Stocketlay and Iso, chiefs of the Wyam or Lower Deschutes Band of Walla Wallas. Alexis and Tonkish, chiefs of the Tenino Band of Walla Wallas. Yice, chief of the Doxbus or John Day's River Band of Walla Wallas. Mark William Chinook and Kushkella, chiefs of the Dalles Band of the Wascos. Tosimth, chief of the Kigaltwala Band of Wascos. Wal Lachin, chief of the Dog River Band of Wasco's. Louis Pitt Jr. When the treaty was signed, um, right now I'll say somewhere on the uh, Wimalsh or the Nichiwana, the two different primary tribes of the Wasco and the Warm Springs, it was uh, signed down. Um, uh, today is called the Dalles. Back then, there was different kinds of lands that uh, people had, and some of those lands were just like work lands, and uh, that are fishing, or there are places to process food, or or uh, for real serious things, you had a different type of land. And then for really serious kind of a one of a kind lifetime events, you had a special place for that. And that's where chiefs would get married, and that's where the something like the treaty would be signed—a major event that would change your way of life. So all of those, those other places right along the river were uh, uh, didn't quite meet all the things you need when you have a large group of people and you want to impress people that you're going to be working with. In this case, it was the United States of America. So we saw from around us that uh, you know things were going to change, change in a major way. So the best site that was chosen had everything, had the, what you call amenities, which really make a place attractive, like a park today. And uh, Mill Creek... Upriver, uh, what's now land owned by Gene Peterson, about uh, two miles um, upriver on Mill Creek in the Dalles, is the land that was uh, pointed to by, uh, I think, the most knowledgeable people, historians that I know of, and uh, most of the evidence. And uh, so that place had water, had shade, had green grass, had plenty of places to camp, had uh, kind of a, a stage, a natural stage, right underneath this big oak tree on a side hill. When you're on a side hill, you can turn around and downhill is where people can sit and listen. The Treaty of Wasco, Columbia River, Oregon Territory with the Teich, Wyam, Tenino, and Doxbus bands of the Walla Walla and the Dalles, Kigaltwala, and the Dog River bands of the Wasco. June 25, 1855, ratified March 8, 1859, proclaimed April 18, 1859. Warm Springs Chief, Delvis Heath. When I listened to Delbert Frank and Harold Kalpasero once told me, when they gathered five weeks, they took the people to gather. They gathered down there, and they told the Indians who were moving up here, and they, they says, no, we don't want to go up wherever you guys are planning to move us. And they went back, well, let's go back. And so they went back and had prayer services, sang, sang, 
three nights. When we were asking for Creator to give them guidance, give, give us guidance. And uh, when during the guidance, we can't put up a war, we can't fight these people. They're, they got the army, they're more than them, we can't fight them. So we, we better decide where we can, it'll be, why put our people in danger of losing their life when we can just say, all right, whatever you plan it. So they, they met with them, and Joel Palmer and Albert used to point right out to where it was in the orchard where they, they, they camped on the bottom and where that tree, cherry tree was. He took me down there, and we looked at the tree when it was down there. There's a tree right there, that oak tree, big oak tree, there's cherry tree. Louis Pitt, Jr. There's two oaks down there of significance in that uh, area. Um, there's Council Oak over by what's today the um, Community College of the Gorge, and there's the Treaty Oak, which is up there at the Gene Peterson property on Mill Creek. The United States federal government first acknowledged that Indian nations were separated governmental entities in the Ordinance of 1787. By the mid-19th century, the government realized that it urgently needed Indian lands for further expansion and that the only way to extinguish Indians titled to the land was to have them ceded to the United States using a contract between two sovereign nations, a treaty. Louis Pitt, Jr. We don't know the exact spot of the treaty signing is that I was hoping uh, to find a map, a magical map with an X on it, signed Joel Palmer and maybe a couple of the Indian folks. I haven't had time to investigate more of the um, uh, Army and the federal government Department of War documents to see if there is, in fact, uh, something that just nails it down. Given uh, the some of the information that we had uh, during the uh, 100 and 50-year sesquicentennial that we had is uh, uh, two years ago. I took a look to see, all right, I'm going to find that magical map. Well, some people said it's Wasco, the town of Wasco. Well, what's, what is there about Wasco that we know about? And, um, well, it's 28 miles away from the Dalles. It's out there in uh, strategically uh, hard-to-defend country. We still had, you know, uh, skirmishes going on with some of the Indians um, east and uh, south of us. And in those days, it was a day's ride. And something as important as a treaty, you'd have your, your, you know, the whole tribes going with you, the whole bands, the whole clans. And so it was a major effort. And so I had to cross off that because uh, I don't think so. I don't think folks are going to go that far. There's a place called Wasco by the, of course, the Wasco folks upriver from the Dalles, about uh, two miles, three miles, a real good fishing spot. And no, that wasn't it because basically uh, kind of the thing was it didn't have any place to really hold speeches and have a nice place to camp and uh, uh, basically was set aside for fishing. Then some of the other evidence said it was uh, down on uh, Three Mile Creek where it flows into the uh, uh, the Dalles area there, just right upstream from a uh, place where my grandmother was born. Then uh, another person that said it was uh, uh, at the uh, springs. Some people used to call it Treaty Springs. And if you go downtown uh, the Dalles, from the, go down to uh, the main street there by the recreation, um, there's Court Street. And if you go on up to Court Street to 12th Avenue up there, you have a, right behind the high school is a spring. And it's really a nice spot and all that. And uh, I've been up there a couple of times and it has everything that you would need and such. But what really swung 
me to think it is uh, surely the Mill Creek site upriver. Our historians, our elders, our teachers, the big names to us, the, the late Delbert Frank, the late Harold Culpus, the late uh, Pearson Mitchell. I think some of the living folks uh, verify that too. Uh, Chief uh, Delvis Heath and uh, Fred Willilotum. My dad used to point up that direction but we never really went there. And uh, so it wasn't pointing towards the high school site. It was pointing up. I figured um, history is not perfect. You know, nobody was there. Ancient history that's living today. But um, everything points to the direction that it is the Gene Peterson property up on Mill Creek. One of the, I think, major misconceptions today is that the federal government gives us all the money that we have to live and survive on and run our government, excuse me, is that uh, we roughly get about uh, a little more than half of what uh, we really need on, on all of the services that were guaranteed in the treaty. So like our health needs are about 60% of what uh, we really, really need. And um, we, we have actually less monies uh, by the federal government put to us than um, uh, people in prison. Medicare and Medicaid, people uh, do better than we do. So it's a thing where that's where we were blessed by great leadership that chose, I think, the lands that we have. And most of the sovereignty that we've uh, had in the past have been paid for by our own actions and our own money. I think the uh, what's different between the tribes? People say, "Oh, they're just a you know just a minority out there. They can be outvoted. You know, don't even worry about them. They've been defeated. And they're conquered." Well, Warm Springs has never been conquered. We um, not in that class of uh, we're a treaty tribe, politically and and legal business wise. You look at us as that we're a distinct political entity, and that um, is more when you hear this phrase "government to government." That's what it means, is that they're recognizing that uh, treaty as a contract between two nations, and they know we have a land base, which really is powerful, to get us at any table with our surrounding uh, entities, our neighbors off reservation. State of Oregon, uh, I always call them the junior government. They understand uh, where they stand. And in uh, political business and governmental business, it's always a battle of the different uh, jurisdictions, the different sovereigns, the feds, the tribes, and the state. And you have some of these subunits that think they've you know, got big pants and they can hang in there with us like towns and cities and counties. And then, wait, wait a minute, you know, there's only three sovereigns here. So that's why I uh, don't ever think of the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs as a minority. We're not, but in one sense we are. But what we really are is members of a nation, a distinct political entity. Each June, Payumsha Treaty Days commemorates the signing of the Treaty of 1855 and the establishment of the Warm Springs Reservation of Oregon. Article 1 of the Treaty of 1855 between the Confederated Tribes and Bands of Indians residing in Middle Oregon and the United States government. Provided also that the exclusive right of taking fish in the streams running through and bordering said reservation is hereby secured to said Indians and at all other usual and accustomed stations in common with citizens of the United States and of erecting suitable houses for curing the same, also the privilege of hunting, gathering roots and berries, and pasturing their stock on unclaimed lands in common with citizens is secured to them. Louis Pitt, Jr. Middle Oregon Treaty of 1855 was not a one-sided deal where the United States is telling us what to do. 
is that it was a contract between two sovereign nations, the Middle Oregon uh, tribes and the uh, United States of America. The big words are they were um, negotiated the treaty as uh, sovereigns, equal sovereigns at arm's length. And so the United States, what the United States did at the time was uh, they were doing their darndest to um, carry out Manifest Destiny, the the big dream of um, the empire to push itself to the ocean and that uh, the world is our oyster and with God on our side we can do a whole lot of things. And so as a good Christian nation that uh, the United States was struggling to be, uh, some of the negotiations uh, needed to be done in a peaceful, moral way. And so treaties were a way of doing that. And so they talked with people that uh, owned the land. Their lawyers got together and created some what we call legal fiction, saying that, no, we just were nomads, that we just occupied and used the land, but we didn't own it. We owned the land. We mean, we lived on it for thousands of years or time immemorial, and we didn't create it and give it to us. I beg your pardon. So uh, we have, a, I think, uh, this, this thing is that as equals, we, um, we still debate today about uh, the, the meaning of what the treaty is, and we're still here. The fact that we're still here is a major surprise to a lot of folks, is that uh, we're here as uh, distinctly um, different peoples of, separate from America with our own governments, our own ways, our own belief systems. Article 1 of the Treaty of 1855 between the Confederated Tribes and Bands of Indians residing in Middle Oregon and the United States government. The Indians cede to the United States all their right, title, and claim to all and every part of the country claimed by them, including in the following boundaries to wit. Commencing in the middle of the Columbia River at the Cascade Falls and running thence southerly to the summit of the Cascade Mountains, thence along said summit to the 44th parallel of north latitude, thence east on that parallel to the summit of the Blue Mountains or the western boundary of the Shoshone or Snake Country, thence northerly along that summit to a point due east from the headwaters of Willow Creek, thence west to the headwaters of said creek, thence down said stream to its junction with the Columbia River, and thence down the channel of the Columbia River to the place of beginning. Warm Springs Chief, Douglas Heath. They must understand that uh, a lot of the people, our people, lived way out there. We lost, we gave up 10 million acres, and uh, government uh, always uh, seemed to be the boss. The army was under the army first time, and they moved us under agents, and a lot of times some agents were crooked, but uh, we didn't uh, look at them as crooked. We tried to stay away as much as we can while the person was assigned, but when the, when we got some good people, that's when our people tried to work with them and tried to make it the best they can for our people. We had three Wasco tribes, one in the Dalles, one little further down, and one in Cascade Locks. And then Wormstings had five different bands lived out in the Blue Mountains. And this historically was our spot when they made the treaty and they marched us up. We never gave up any of the river. We never gave up any of our rights to go to hunt, fish, or dig roots, or gather berries off of the reservation. We never gave up them rights. We still have, usually in custom places that we go to, we still have that, in, and it's in our set-aside and we never gave it up, but uh, a lot of people don't understand that uh, the land was originally our land. 
The Warm Springs Indian Reservation consists of more than 1,000 square miles in north-central Oregon and is occupied and governed by the Confederated Tribes of Warm Springs. The reservation was established when the Indians of Middle Oregon signed their treaty with the United States government. Louis Pitt, Jr. Some people look at the reservation as being just uh, the place where Indians should stay, ought to stay, and better stay. And nope. Again, the treaty guaranteed the transaction was. We gave up title to 10 million acres uh, in return for protecting our way of life, which is uh, our religions, our uh, families, our raising them our way. In the treaty itself, it says the right, not the privilege, the right to hunt, right to fish, the right to dig roots, and the right to uh, uh, pick berries and gather our stocks. And... All the other rights we did negotiate in the treaty, we kept. That's called a reserved rights doctrine. So a lot of folks think that, oh, the United States didn't give us some of these things, so we can't do it. And that's where the casino fits in, is that that's one of those rights we always retained, reserved, is we always have economic development as a part of our sovereignty as a nation. The reservation itself is a land that is in treaty status is called exclusive use lands. If you read the treaty, this land is set aside for the exclusive use of said Indians, and that's us. That's the Warm Springs and the Wasco tribes. And uh, the Paiute tribes uh, were, by executive order, put here in the the late 1800s. And today we um, work with the Paiutes as uh, equals under the tribal constitution. And uh, it says all tribal members will be afforded equal opportunities to, the, my own words now, tribal services and tribal um, uh, powers that we have. So that takes care of that today. But the treaty was uh, the way we got a lot of things. And uh, I've heard many a time the, the Wasco chief, Chief Nelson Rolotum, say, we want to mitigate, not litigate. And, uh, we, you know, because a lot of folks would like to take everybody to court and to stop everything cold, and we think we can do more working with folks in kind of the Warm Springs way. Each June, Payumsha Treaty Days commemorates the signing of the Treaty of 1855 and the establishment of the Warm Springs Reservation of Oregon. This is the Warm Springs Program on 91.9 FM, KWSO.